Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Take Command Podcast from Odyssey Sports. I'm Craig Hoffman. That's Logan Paulson. Defensive review time. Uh, obviously, that first drive, Baker Mayfield comes out and looks really sharp for Carolina. Um, it was interesting. I saw a breakdown on Twitter uh, from a, a, a group called the QB Room that talked about the deep shot that they missed and how that was actually uh, the the analyst said that's Sun Level design issue because there was no route on the backside to hold Bobby McCain who makes a great play prevents yes. a touchdown yes. on a big time throw uh, from Baker but Baker in general dices up that the the Washington offense they get a little bit bailed out by a fumbled snap on second down right, right before they're able to force the third down incompletion and ultimately the field goal but. Uh, then they're they're put in a bad spot by Gibson, so it, it was kind of a a tough day in terms of you, you get a first drive that goes against you, and, and you don't you can't really stop a lot of stuff that you had issues with last year. There's a third down conversion on pick routes or on a pick route. There there's you know all kinds of stuff. I think it was the first third down. Um, they got uh, yeah. a rub. Oh, and, yeah. and Cole, Cole hugs uh, his guy. Cam uh, doesn't really recognize that Cole's about to switch. Um, and then they get a right. they get a free runner uh, going down the right the offensive right. Um, so they get that which they they got killed with last year. Um, and then they get caught in the bad spot uh, again with the short field uh, with Darnold comes in there and Darnold just makes a hell of a throw over Fuller um, for, for that touchdown but then they settle in um, they did a really great job uh, on their third drive get a quick three and out and that was kind of it for the day um, again it, it's some ways to me Logan it's similar to the offense where it's like that's not ideal. Um, I don't think anything that sends you into a panic mode by any means, but uh, I'm excited to see more next week, and, and clearly I think they're going to go into practice this week. That that number one defense going, we got to be a lot better and a lot sharper and a lot more productive uh, than we were yeah. in week one of the preseason. Yeah, I mean, I think when you watch uh, the defensive line, uh, they looked really good. They looked really sharp. Payne and Allen did an excellent job. Uh you know, the defensive ends, James Smith-Williams and Montez look great, you know, and I think when you look at the linebackers, I think there's a lot to be excited about what the linebackers did. Like Cole, I think he had a couple misrun fits just to my eye. I don't know. You'd have to ask coach about that specifically. And then I think Jamin, Jamin looked like a, like a 
starting linebacker in the NFL, which is something that he didn't look like last year. So I think that's um, also very encouraging. I think uh, some of that stuff, obviously the the miss the miscommunication on the crossing route, that's something that is is a very preseason type of thing that happens. You know, they run it out of a different formation, they run it with different personnel, and you're just not expecting it. You know, you don't game plan right. So like you would know going into a week that this is a route combination that happens out of this formation, this this situation, and you can as a result pass it off. So I think that that um, is something again like uh, Jack likes to go man on third down, which. Um, I don't think it's a bad thing, but you got to be really sharp in those situations if you're going to do that, especially with pick pick routes and man beaters and team seems. Well, especially and- when it's like third and five or less, where those pick routes become a lot more effective because you do you don't have to get rubbed off for long. Like yeah. it's not like a long developing third and seven, third and eight, third and twelve type situation. Like I think that one was on a third and four. Right. And so it, it it happens very very quickly, which means the decisions have to happen a lot quicker too. No, absolutely, and I think uh, I think that shows up, and I think a lot of people like I was talking talking to Linnell, you know what I mean? And Linnell's all in a, in a rage. And this team is a quarters, palms. Linnell was in a rage? Yeah. No way. This this team is a quarters, palms, um, you know, uh, cover six type team. So lots of deep. And that's like, and that's the way defenses are going, right? And basically what they're saying is like, we think the more dangerous option here of run pass is you throwing the football. So we're going to match you in this kind of deep coverage shell and take away any big plays and, and make you matriculate the football down the field, make you convert a whole bunch of quick game, make you, you know what I mean? And and we're going to be patient and make it happen. Right. So obviously like that 16 yard gain uh, on the third down does not fit that philosophy because it's a big play. But you want to kind of make them work because you're making an assumption that they're going to fumble a snap, they're going to have an incomplete pass, Mm -hmm. and they're going to put a field goal. So in a way, I don't want to say like they did a good job, but in a way they kind of embrace that philosophy of of bend but don't break type of stuff. And I think if you if you if they don't give up that 16 yard gain, I think that first drive looks drastically different. I do like the Bobby McCain, William Jackson, the third thing. I think that was outstanding, not only for Bobby McCain, but I think just seeing William Jackson, the third and understanding that his help's going to be a little late and I do have to match this. I'm on the quarter side and and Bobby's playing that cover two shell on the other side. Right. And so for Bobby to get back there, great. But also I think William Jackson, the third makes that play, even if Bobby's not there. And so to see, yeah, it would have been interesting. Like there, he, he definitely contested the throw. I mean, McCain makes it no doubt. Um, it might've just, it might've been, it was either going to be a hell of a catch by the receiver or a break, a PBU for, for William Jackson, the third. And I think he's there. And I think that is a good sign understanding where his help is, understanding where his leverage is, and all that stuff is stuff that was very kind of few, and it's one play. It's one play. I'm not saying that you need to, like, you know, change your life about this, but I think it is an important thing to see in a game because he's had a great camp. It's important to see that in a game, and it's important to see that those windows on the deep shots are small. You know what I mean? Small windows on the deep shots. Mm-hmm. And that's what the, that's to me, is what this defense is trying to lean into. I think that's great. Also, I thought the... Uh, the picks uh, from the defensive line were very physical, very dynamic, and they were creating pass rush. They were creating pressure, which is some, even on quick game stuff. Which, and again, that old line was one of the worst in the league last year. But you want to see them kind of. That's what they get paid to do. There's a lot of uh, draft capital invested in that group, so it's good to see that happening as well. So I, I like that. There, there were some things to be frustrated about for sure, but I think that that first drive kind of again outside that pick play that you mentioned. Um, did what did kind of what they want to do, I guess, if that makes sense. 
Yeah, and then the other third down conversion that happens on that drive is against Danny Johnson, who's not yeah, one of your starters. Yeah. Um, and it really, I, I'm curious. I don't know what happened with Benjamin St. Just and why he didn't play. Um, yeah, that was a late thing. That happened like, like, right, I, we, like I saw him walk out in sweats, and I was like, oh, I guess he's not playing. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there was no indication in the week that that was going to happen. Right, and so you know, obviously that's that's an important caveat because you know if Danny Johnson, who you know. He didn't really have a, a great day inside, didn't have a great day outside. You know, if, if that's Benjamin St. Juice, how different does that drive look as well? Because you're getting your one-on-one matchups. And, and that was something that I would say throughout the day I think was a little frustrating was it seemed like Carolina could get some matchups in key times. You know, even even with the backups, like late third or, uh, yeah, it was late third quarter, that, that big play on second and 10 where they get their slot receiver matched up on David Mayo. Oh, and they yeah. get like a big 20-something yard gain over the middle. And it's like, how's David Mayo stuck covering a slot receiver 20 yards down the field? Like that's that that's not ideal. But also, again, how if that's Jamin Davis or that's Cole Holcomb, that's a completely different matchup. So it's true. Um, it is the kind of thing where, you know, especially in man-to-man situations or man-match situations, I, I, I didn't go back and, you know, didn't have the ability to go back again on tape and look at what the actual coverage was. But let's say it's Tampa 2 and, like, all of a sudden you're stuck as a, that middle linebacker running with, running with the, the inside guy. Like who the man is matters. Yeah. And so, you know, if it's, if it's David Mayo, uh, who's great coming downhill as a run fit player and like is playing in big packages for a reason, uh, versus it's Cole Holcomb who runs a four, four or Jamin Davis who runs a four, four like that matters. Um, and so it's just, it's, it's kind of a, a funky quirk of preseason that you look at some of the matchups and you're like, man, they're able to get the matchup they want. But then on the other hand, you don't know what to make of it because that guy hopefully isn't going to be playing for you come regular season time. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, Mayo had a really nice game. And, you know, everyone kind of points to that play. And I don't know if the coverage was right for for that particular situation. It wasn't even Tampa 2. It was like, so they were in, uh, they got all their fast guys to the right side of the formation, you know, like their three starting receivers or to the right, or the starting receivers at that point, their tight ends to the left. They might have been in like four wide receivers. I don't remember exactly. But they basically run verts. Everyone runs verts. And there's a safety over the top of the speed side. And mm-hmm. David carries it, but he turns back to the ball. So it's not like he's carrying it like Tampa 2, which doesn't feel right. You know what I mean? Like I feel like he should yeah. carry that. But he turns back to the football, and then the ball goes over his head. And then, again, Percy Butler makes a good break on the ball because he's got to kind of play in between. And maybe you want the safety to be a little bit more aggressive to that because that's the throw. But, uh, again, that's something you get when you get those young guys in there, right? You get Percy Butler, who might be a little bit late in anticipating. I don't think he's late from a physical standpoint. Like, I mean, he closes grass better than anybody on the team practically, right? But, again, like, he's not anticipating where the ball, where the matchup should go, right? He's not baiting the quarterback and saying, I know you're looking at this middle linebacker matchup here. Let me get there, right? So, again, even though that's a David Mayo, everyone says, oh, David Mayo, he sucks, whatever. Like, that might be a Percy. I don't know for sure, but I would question whether that's a Percy Butler thing. Just, again, just being a tick late to the football. And, um, but again, like, you know, you're talking about guys in the backup group. I think David did a great job fitting runs, did a great job getting guys lined up, and he shows good depth at the position. Uh, and a guy that is going to be okay to start a couple games, you know. And um, he is who he is. We know what he's about. Um, but, yeah, I think that's to, – to be fair to David, I don't know if that's entirely his fault. By the way, just to clean up on uh, St. Juiced, uh, Ron said after the game 
that uh, hamstring got tight. We just wanted to be smart. We're not going to put him out there and expose him. In the preseason, a guy we were counting on to come along and play for us. It tightened up after Thursday's practice. He came in Friday. It was sore. And then we went back and looked at his GPS numbers, and they were over 21. So that meant he was running, and he was running fast. Uh, So... I guess he was he was up to speed, but they didn't want to take any risk. Um, so that's that's why St. Jude ultimately didn't play. But again, like to the larger point, the the guys that you are going to be relying on if you stay healthy, I think overall they had like a pretty solid day. Um, you know, I, I think some of the other, including by the way, some of your depth guys. Like I thought, Casey Tuhill um, had a, yeah. had some really big, impactful plays uh, on Daniel Wise's sack. Uh, my what, what did I say? My Cam Sims Award yeah. uh, nominee, uh, Daniel Wise on the sack that he has. Tuhill has a monster rush, and then Wise comes in and cleans it up. Wise popped in a couple of big spots. Sure. Um, overall, I think I think that there's plenty like. Obviously, you give up 24 points, it's going to be a mixed bag. Um, that's the nature of, of how that works, uh, although seven of them do come on a short field. Sure. Um, but, but overall, you know, like how, how do you grade out the defense or anybody else that you want to point out, good or bad, um, for that side of the ball? Yeah, I think the like I think you said the, uh, the 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 ones I think did a f- they were solid you know like C B minus C plus type range I think the Danny Johnson thing was significant you know like he's had a nice camp and I don't think he played badly but I think like that's the mismatch you know what I mean he's your fifth corner right so you want to find a matchup and get take advantage of that right and I think it might look different if Benjamin St. Just in there, but also playing nickel corner in the NFL is probably the hardest cover spot in the league. So you're going to get some tough looks there. Um, I think uh, Forrest did a good job. I think he showed up, especially as a run defender and attacking the line of scrimmage and being physical, taking on guards, making, you know, just being a sure tackler. I think there's some coverage limitations there that you want to keep an eye on, but there's a guy who wants to tackle and play physical football and I think you feel good about him on the on the field I think uh, Percy Butler is another guy that stuck out to me as a he did he did some excellent things from a coverage standpoint I think if he's going to play with the ones he needs to really figure out how he takes on blocks and and just being more physical in that area um he, he had a really nice fit on a run but with the tackle like terrible miss on a tackle so again like want to keep an eye on him because I think the, I think the the, the ball of clay is there. It's just about whether we can figure some of this stuff out. Um, and then after that group, I think the two new guys they brought in, um, you know, from the uh, USFL did an excellent job. Uh, number 16 and I forget the other guy. Bosby was the other guy. Both those guys had a really nice day. Yeah, Bosby and then um, uh, what's his name? Yeah. I was like, who's that guy? Yeah. Stephen Parker. Stephen Parker. Both those guys did nice stuff. Uh, I was a little disappointed with uh, Milo and Harris. And so just to kind of keep an eye on moving forward, I think the new guy that's just signed, uh, Gary, I think he might be yep. moving into that fifth linebacker. Road. Like, we'll see what happens, but that's something I would say coming out of the game. I don't think either one of those kids stepped up and said, like, I deserve to be the guy. And, like, when that when you're making this decision, you want someone to be like, I deserve to be the guy. I think Milo had a big hit. Um, which was good to see. Good to see that physicality, but I think I'd like to just see them be a li- like they're great athletes. So I'd like to see them be a little bit more athletic as opposed to just kind of read and reacting. Yeah, and Gary's played some NFL football. Like he right. played for the Eagles. So right. like, this is a guy that's got the, some experience and some know-how and, and can be helpful in that way, especially, again, in a, in a fairly young room with, with Holcomb and Davis uh, being at the head of it. Um you know, I would love. Actually, I'm going to look this up right now uh, since I have the stats and everything in front of me. Um, 
but I'm curious. I, f- I feel like the third down defense uh, is something that it was left left something to be desired, and, yeah. and it's hard to freak out about that in the preseason, obviously. But Carolina does go 11 of 18 on third down. I- I'm curious, just real quick, as we wrap up, like what's what do you prescribe that to? That you know they're over 50 percent on on third down. You know, I don't know. I really don't know. I think, um, shoot, man, like that's that that is of the statistics of the things that happen in the game. I don't think you could fault anybody for a lack of physicality, a lack of mindset. There was some miscommunication stuff, but that happens in the preseason. I think that is a that is a nerve wracking or concerning statistic because it was so bad last year. It's kind of like the Antonio right. Gibson fumble thing, right? You'd like to see them making steps, you know, like, and when you watch third down, like, it's so funny, like, I didn't even notice that that was the conversion rate, right, and you mentioned how the defensive, the first group couldn't get off the field, the second group couldn't get off the field, right, for stretches, and, um, yeah, man, I, I don't, I, there's no reason for it, I think maybe philosophy on third down, like, I would expect this year Jack to be heating guys up a little bit more on third down, especially third and mid, middle distance, and they didn't really do that today, but in camp, they've been doing that, so I would expect that you know, maybe they're like preseason. Let's just see what happens. But I, I would expect something, a variation like that, to be incorporated on third down, especially in the second preseason game. Yeah, uh, Jeremy Reeves did have the one sack late on a on a safety blitz on a third down, so showed a little bit. But you don't want to show too much in the preseason right. either. So just again, something worth monitoring, but not something that's that's too worrisome.